Christmas is for everyone. I don't know about you, but that brings me so much joy. Can I hear you out there at all of our campuses? Are you glad that you get to celebrate Christmas, that you've been invited into that? I hope that you are. We are especially grateful to get to celebrate Christmas with you. We wanna say Merry Christmas and welcome to all of our campuses. Everybody watching live or later online, we're so excited about what God is gonna do this weekend. My name is Zach and this is my wife, Rachel, and we just love Christmas. We do, we love Christmas. We love sharing the Christmas story on Christmas morning and we really love the presents under the tree too. Does anybody like presents? Like presents? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you remember what it was like when you were a little kid? The anticipation, knowing there was something under the tree, trying to pick the corners of the paper. Nobody else did that, maybe no, just me. The kids in the room really know how to do it. Who's excited to see what's under the tree? Nobody? Yes. Am I excited? You can make loud noises in here. It's okay. It's okay. I yeah, promise. it's okay. You're totally allowed some, to. Some of you guys have already like pre-pinched by mom and dad. Like, don't you make any noise. That's Come okay. You make all the noise you need to. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't really matter who bought the present or who brought the present. I think what? it matters. It matters who bought now, babe, it. babe, there's kids in here. I'm just saying. There's children. It matters. I'm not sharing the glory. That's all we'll say. That's it. That's I'm all just we'll say. say that. You know, it's a lot of effort. Time, finances, <laughs> for me to create the magic of Christmas. But no matter how those presents end up under your tree at home, the anticipation is so real. That's right. We like to cheat and open a present on Christmas Eve. So when we go home tonight, we're going to open a present. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. Hey, if you've got your Epi Kids book, would you wave it at me? Let me Do I have it. those? Oh, yeah. Kids. It's time for a question. And this is going to be your second sticker. All right. How old was Simeon? 82. 82. I that's right. 82. Well done. Nice. That's right. 82. Good job, everybody. Let's all see it together. How old was Simeon? One, two, three. 82. 82. Can you imagine if you had to wait 82 years to open a present? especially a present you really, really wanted. Do you have a present that you really, really want? Yeah, I have a present I really, really want too. I think we should all yell it out together. Yeah, you think, husbands? H husbands, <clears throat> this would be a time to listen. If you've missed it, order on Amazon on the way home and then say it didn't get here in time. Blame Bezos. Who hasn't? Who hasn't okay? printed a picture who out? Put yeah, it in who hasn't printed out a picture? Like, oh, I We've ordered it. I ordered it in March. All right, are we ready? What do you want for Christmas? One, two, three. A pony. We're not getting a pony. I just think a horse. There's would poop be everywhere. So cool. Keep on going. We can handle the poo. Listen, Simeon waited 82 years for there to be a present for him. It was a present from God. It was a promise, the Savior whose name is Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I really do not like waiting for stuff. I don't like waiting for stuff so much that I like to shop on the internet and just never actually buy it. I just get that dopamine hit by adding it to my Amazon wish list. I don't even know what's on there. I'll just like see it. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Amazon wish list, Amazon wish list for months. And then when somebody gives me birthday money or they need a good idea to buy me a present, then they have it, right? So 
You did a really good job. I did. Year. I did. I did good this one You're time. You're waiting. And we're just going to celebrate. You are a great husband. <laughs> for 21 days, I got a present. It was awesome. He went to my Amazon wish list. And for 21 days, I was so surprised at some of the stuff I got because I never remember what was on there. It was so fun. So every night for 21 days, my wanter, which is what Zach says I have, was totally satisfied. I would open the present and be like, oh, my gosh, shampoo. Oh, my gosh, those hair clips. I forgot. You know that thing that's made of satin? You put it on top of your head and you wrap your hair around it and you sleep in it. It really is good. Okay? It's great, great stocking It's stuffer. great to sleep next to. <laughs> I looked amazing. <laughs> my hair looks so good the next day. <laughs> Worth it. But my Amazon wish list, will have, something happens with it. Every single day I wake up after I've had that present. And do you know what? I want something else. I want to know what else I'm going to get. And that Amazon wish list, even though there will have been several things purchased off of it, in January, it will start to repopulate. I know. It's terrible. Shocker. Uh, getting what I want has never satisfied me. There's always something else to want. Does anyone else feel that way? You always want something else? Yeah. Me too. Zach says that my wanter is like always wanting. Always. I think my wanter is just very well developed mm. and primed for the next opportunity. Mm. And if Instagram wasn't so good with those ads, maybe I wouldn't want so much. <clears throat> it really would seem that I'm never satisfied. I don't think I'd say never satisfied. I am occasionally feels like satisfied. A, feels like a blanket statement for Christmas. <laughs> Move on. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> I feel like we're in a good spot. <laughs> Around presents. <laughs> there you go. I'm never satisfied. I could get every present I ever wanted. And do you know what? It leaves me wanting. Have you ever felt that way? That you were waiting on something and waiting for something and you wanted something so bad and you didn't get it? Maybe you've been waiting on something from God and you haven't gotten it yet. And you've prayed and you've asked and you've begged. And it's nothing bad that you're even asking for. You're asking for healing. You're asking for peace in your home. You're asking for restoration of relationships or provision. And you are disappointed and frustrated. What do you do in the waiting? Can I tell you what I've done? I've had some seasons of waiting in my life. We had a season where we struggled to have children. Um, we had a season where I was waiting for my spouse. I didn't, I didn't date anybody until I met Zach. It was, that, was, that was interesting. And now I'm waiting for some people that I dearly love to follow Jesus. And I am desperate for them to know the Lord. And I've done everything I can do in my own power. I've shared the gospel. Zach's shared the gospel. We've done it together. And over and over, nada. Zip, nothing's happened. But no matter how I feel or what my circumstances look like, God's word has always proved true. And it says in Lamentations 3.25 that the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. In the waiting, even when it's for something that honors God, like someone knowing Jesus, my soul is only satisfied in him. My soul's only satisfied when I seek God. Isn't that so good? Aren't you grateful? And here's what's really great about God. He's so kind and he's so merciful that he'll meet you exactly where you are in the waiting. 
and he'll transform you. He'll change you. And those seasons of waiting have taught me that I can trust God, that he knows best, that he knows what I need, and that he really is what my soul longs for. What about you? Is your real life wish list really going to satisfy you? Or are you like me and your wanter is always primed for the next opportunity? I find that we get caught up in trusting what we're waiting for rather than who we're waiting on. Wouldn't it be a waste to live a life hoping for a real life wish list that would satisfy your soul only to have it constantly repopulated? never really experiencing a soul-satisfying lifestyle. This Christmas, we want to ask you, we, we're asking ourselves, and you know what? We're being brave enough to answer. What are you trusting in as you wait? I think we've all been there. Just letting life happen to us, going with the flow, letting our wants lead our life. Can I tell you, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, there's so much more for you than that. And can I be even more transparent? If you're a Christian, you will be held accountable at the end of your life for so much more than just following after what you want. But hey, if you're not a Christian, if you don't believe in Jesus as your Savior, in the rest of our time together, could I just beg you to consider that there's something more than aimlessly wanting. I am so glad that Jesus did not live this way. I, I want to take some time to look at the intentionality and even the foreshadowing that we see in Jesus' life even when he was a baby. So, Epi kids, if you've got your journal, let me ask you another question. Just be ready. The question is this. What was Mary's offering in the temple when she brought baby Jesus? There you go. Awesome. Way to go. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to read us a little bit out of Luke chapter 2. Now, I'm going to read us a part that maybe you haven't read before, and you're going to learn something today. But can I encourage you, families, it, it, whether this has been a part of your tradition or not, read the Christmas story tomorrow before you do presents. Make this the primary reason for this season. But let me read you this out of Luke 2. And this, I'm going to read you verses 23 and 24. And it says this, As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be brought and consecrated to the Lord. And, the, uh, and offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So when Jesus was brought, right, they had to bring those. So let's learn something today. Let's learn. We love to learn, especially when it comes to God and learning more about what he did for us. And it, it, there's so much deep meaning to it. But it says whenever they would have brought Jesus, who was the firstborn in Mary and Joseph's family, they would have brought two birds. This is in keeping with the Old Testament law that we now know that Jesus came to fulfill, something that we could not do on our own. Now, one of those birds was what's called a sin offering. Now, for the sin offering, the ritual was for the priest to break the bird's body and to spill its blood. 
Now, that's, that's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's not great. Listen, church attendance. I am attendance, so glad that's not what we're doing right now. Yes, church Candles attendance. Candles are like, upgrade, you know. Hey, Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry. I got that's, something to say here. Church attendance would be lower, right, if that's, if that's what we had to do here. We wouldn't be wearing as nice of clothes if that's what was going on. Actually, I remember whenever I was younger, me and my brother were actually dove hunting with my dad. And this is the first hunting experience I can remember. And I remember we shot a dove, and as we're walking up, this dove is still, uh, it, it still has some life left in it, all right? It, it's, it's not all the way gone. And I, I don't know what we're going to do. I, I've got no idea what we're going to do. I'm just watching. And Dad just walks up and picks up this bird and uh, has a little... Um, Flip of the wrist, okay? Mm. And obviously there's children in the room, so we need to talk. Can't but talk if you've that. ever seen so uh, Dumb and Dumber, this cinematic adventure, uh, sorry. you know what happened to the pretty bird, pretty bird. Now, that may seem crazy. Oh and it's wild even in the Bible. But the reason that this bird had to die was because something had to pay the penalty of sin. A verse where we learn this that's so clear in the Bible is Romans 6.23. For the wages or the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Well, the reason that the free gift of, the gift of God, eternal life, is free is because someone paid the wages, the wages of sin, which was death. And that was Jesus. But think about this. Just, this is the foreshadowing. It's amazing. Jesus is eight days old. They brought him to the temple, and they're, about to, they're making that sin offering. And just imagine, imagine, they're making a sin offering for Jesus where this bird's body is being broken, and Jesus would go on to make that same sacrifice for all of us. His body would be broken to pay for sins that we could never pay for. And that other bird, this is so special. The other bird was used at, as what's called a burnt offering. Now, a burnt offering would symbolize all of this bird. It, all of it would be burnt up. It would all be given to God. And now that Jesus has been our sin offering, God has allowed us to live for him, to live a life where all of us is given to him. Now, this year we talked about being transformed, Romans 12, 2, but this is so special. Romans 12, 1 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy is in view of the sacrifice, the sin offering that Jesus made. It says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Jesus was that sin offering. We get the honor and the privilege to be that burnt offering. But why? Why would we do that? Why would we live as a sacrifice? This is so against this self-focused, want-fulfilling culture that is celebrated all around us. Well, we live for him because he first loved us. He is the first one to ever love you. He'll be the last one. He'll always love you. But not only that, you've probably realized in your life so far, he's the only one worth living for. And there's more. 
Jesus allows us the honor, the celebration, not the obligation, but the celebration of us helping him to build his kingdom. I love this. The, in the Bible, there's an early follower of Christ named Paul, and he, he was a part of writing 13 books of the New Testament, but there's one time where he quotes an Old Testament prophecy about Jesus, and I love it. I, this has just been firing me up. He quotes this from Isaiah 49, 6, and it says this, it's too small a thing for you, my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I have kept. What he's saying is it's too small of a thing for Jesus to only save a couple tribes or a whole nation. That means he has bigger things in mind. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles. If you're wondering who's a Gentile, if you're not born a Jew, you are a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. We are Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Jesus came to invite you into eternal life, into a relation with him, but not just that, into an eternal purpose. And at Faith Promise, it's our passion to help you discover your purpose so that you can win your world. You know, this Christmas, we want us to not only posture our hearts, but we want to get our minds and our hands ready to win our world. And we're going to help equip you to do that. We've got that devotional that you can grab on your way out, win for 21, our 21 days of prayer and fasting, the beginning of the year. But for your kids, we also have a growth plan. It's a QR code right here on the screen that you can scan and you can take your kids through a growth plan as well. It's never too early and it's never too late to start growing in your love for the Lord. And if I can just remind you parents really quick, if your child has made a choice to follow Jesus, there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. They have access just like you to all that God has to offer. Why would we hinder their growth when we have this incredible opportunity to spur them on and exponentialize their experience with God even now? When Jesus came, it was a present to us, and it gives us the purpose to deliver that same present to everyone in our world. Redemption is when something is exchanged for something else. Like if I have a Chick-fil-A gift card, mm -hmm. I can go to Chick-fil-A and exchange it for a milkshake. Peppermint milkshake to be mm. exact. It tis Bless the season. The Tis so good. Anyone else like milkshakes in here? Me too. I love it. You know, that's what happened when Jesus came. He came so we could exchange our sin for his sacrifice on the cross. And Simeon knew that Jesus' sacrifice was going to make a way for everyone to know God. That's right. So what we're going to do is do one more challenge question. Are we ready for that? Yes? So if you've got your book, wave it at me. Let's see. Oh, great job. Okay, who told Simeon that baby Jesus was the Messiah? The Holy Spirit. Nice. Very good. Amazing. We're so proud of you. Can we celebrate our Catholic kids? Way to go, kids. kids. Awesome. You guys have done an amazing job. Well, we have someone who's going to help us finish up our time together. JL, would you come help us really quick? Everyone say hi, JL. <laughs> 
JL is in third grade and our daughter, and we are so grateful that our kids do a lot of the same things that we do as we follow Jesus. And one of those things is we pick a word every year. Like this year, my word was established. Zach, what was yours? My word was anointing. Do you remember your word for this year? What was it? Light. Light. Like, do you remember the verse that went with your, your word? What was it? Matthew 5, 14. You are light to the world. A city sitting upon a hill cannot be hidden. That's right. Very Way to good. go. Well good job. Done. Good job. So the, so the other day, Rachel was doing this crazy thing. Uh, she went shopping out with other humans in public, was uh, which awesome. was crazy. And uh, so I had the kiddos at home, and Valor, our baby, was asleep. And so I had River, who's five, and J.L., who's eight, about to be nine. And I said, all right, guys, we're going to take five minutes. We're all going to think about our word for the year. So we're just going to listen to music. And I asked J.L., and J.L. told Alexa to turn on uh, a worship song. And we took five minutes, and nobody said anything. And I said, I just want you to think and listen and see if you hear God speak to you your word for next year. So we did that. We took five minutes and asked River. Uh, jail was actually, uh, you know, Rachel was doing all this stuff before she left. So, uh, you know, Jail's essentially a 20-year-old. So she was, like, she was like folding laundry and doing this stuff. Me and River were not. And uh, me and River were sitting on the couch. And I said, River, what's your word? He said, ah, I think peace or maybe Christ. And I was like, oh, you've missed it. And so... Um, <laughs> Uh, you can't win them all. Yeah, you can't win them all. He almost had it. Um, but uh, so I asked JL. I said, hey, babe, what, what's your word going to be for next year? What would you say your word would be for next year? Goodness. Goodness. And so what, what's here, I started to see a pattern because every night we put the kids to bed, uh, I'll speak words over them. I, I get the privilege to do bedtime. And so I'll speak words over them. And we pray the fruits of the Spirit over them every night. God, I pray you'd fill jail with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Which, if you want to pray that over your kids, I'm almost positive that's in Galatians 5. And, um, and so we, I, that's one of the things we pray over them. So I was like, oh, River said peace. She said goodness. They're just, they're cheating. They're grabbing words I say every night. And so I was trying to catch JL in her cheating, and I was like, hey, why do you think that should be your word? Do you remember what you said? What'd you say? Last year I was a light, and I told people about Jesus. I'm gonna show them. Nice. So she said last year with light, she told people about Jesus, but she did good. She shared her faith. And then she said, This this next year, I want goodness, I want to show people about Jesus. Which we didn't church that up or anything. That's exactly what she said while we were sitting there, and I was like, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll preach. And I was, we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, but I mean th there's a lot to that. Yeah, you know, there's a big difference between telling somebody something and showing them. God for generations and generations told us. It's amazing to be in relationship with him. We were designed to be in relationship with him forever. But when Jesus came, it showed us exactly what being knee-to-knee, -knee, being intimate with the God of the universe could be like. And you know, I, I sometimes it can feel a little confusing when you think about God wanting to be in relationship with us, but there's this reason that he can't do it, so we have to have Jesus. It seems a little weird to me, right? So JL, could you help me? Why do I need Jesus to have a relationship with God? Because we have sin problems. She specifically has a sin problem. No. Maybe more than dad, though. No. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I don't have a sin problem. I'm, I mean, I've yes, been do. made pure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Welcome to no. our dinner table. 
No reason to get daddy fired up here, okay? All right? So, hey, we, we realize that we have sinned, which sin simply means we learn the snuffy kids. Simply, simply means doing things not God's way. And so there is, is there any way to fix our sin problem on our own? No. No, we can't fix that on our own. But Jesus, again, came to be that sin offering. Was Jesus perfect? Yes. So Jesus was perfect in a way that we could not be. And whenever he died as that sin offering, it covered our sins. And I know it's a little weird. Whenever it's Christmas, we're talking about Jesus's birth, that we would talk about Jesus's death. But I think that we actually rob Jesus of some of his glory when we don't celebrate the reason that he came, when we celebrate that he came. And so he was born to be a sin offering to pay for something that we could never pay for. He died on the cross and he rose three days later to give us a life that we could not live. So let me ask you another question. How do I trade my sin for Jesus's perfect life? You pray. You pray. That's right. And specifically, you pray and you tell God that you're sorry that you have not done things his way. And you tell him that you believe that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. That's something that you did this year, right? We, we baptized and everything. And so it's something that you choose to follow Jesus and make him the king of your life instead of you being the king of your life. Now, J.L., is it easy to follow Jesus? No. But when you get the Holy Spirit, it's very easier. That's right. So it, it, it's, that's right. So it's, it's, it's not easy to follow Jesus. It's not easy to let someone else be the Lord of your life. But we, Jesus told us in John 17, it's better for him to go away so that he can send us the helper. He can send us the Holy Spirit, the advocate, like we learned. That's who told Simeon that Jesus would be coming so when you follow Jesus and you make him your forever friend, he's not going to leave you in a place where you don't have what you need to follow him and to honor him. We know that there are some people in the room who may have never considered that that's what Christmas was really all about. Maybe you've celebrated baby Jesus, but this is the first time you've ever recognized that he was sent to be the sin offering for you. That the God of the universe, the only thing that could ever satisfy your soul, he wants a relationship with you. And Jesus came and made it possible. So we're going to give you an opportunity to pray, just like JL talked about. And praying is really just talking to God. And we're going to tell him all together, because there are some of us in the room who have never talked to God like this before. And we don't want you to have to do anything alone. So if you would, if you'd close your eyes bow your head. We're all going to talk to God together. If you'd repeat after me, God, I know I haven't done things your way. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you sent Jesus and that he was raised from the dead. Because of him, I can know you. I'm going to follow Jesus now. God, you are the king of my life. 